1: Need we say more? For Trusted Protection Trust
0: Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for
1: exclusive Pampers coupons, savings, and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. When you
0: say everybody, that was definitely me. What fresh hell. Laughing in the face of motherhood. Is that like clogging in wooden shoes? With Margaret Aples and Amy Wilson. Like when I'm wrong, it's humiliatingly wrong.
1: A podcast that solves today's parenting dilemmas so you don't have to. Sexy elves, yes, that's for me. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And this week, we're talking about what we're reading, watching, and listening to for fall. For fall. It's sweat-a-weather, Amy. It's sweat-a-weather. Here's what what we're reading and watching and listening to. It's sweat-a-weather. We
0: need new things to listen to. Yes. I love the fall. Amy and I were actually together this weekend, which doesn't always happen. And we were getting some fall crispies in the air. And I was dancing and celebrating them. And Amy was feeling sad.
1: I enjoy a like a sixty eight degrees. I'm not cold if I'm in the sun, kind of afternoon. But it means so much. So coming home from this same trip, Margaret is talking about. I struck up a conversation with a guy at an airport bar sitting next to me, which you know usually doesn't go that well. But this guy was super funny. And apropos of nothing, he's like, "I'm not a fall person." You know what I mean? Because you know what's next winter, and I, I'm. It's just six months of depression. Here it comes. Like, you were like, so this is love. We are meant yeah. to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Oh, it's romance. How sad for you that you're married because you found your soulmate
1: at a bar. We really uh, connected on that one thing. I have a good mailbag for you this week. Hit me.
2: Oh, yes, wait a minute, time for mailbag. Wait, wait, wait. yeah, 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 check the mailbag.
1: This week's mailbag is from Julie Ann on Instagram. She says, I have to tell you that I played your Grudges Held, Grudges Kept episode. I'll put the link in the show notes. That's a funny one. For my grudge-holding husband, who is also of Irish descent, instead of laughing at all the grudges like I did, he felt they had so much merit that he ended up getting mad on each of the grudge-holders' (laughs) behalfs. Thanks, Julianne's
0: husband. I love the Irish people because that's right. You have to be very careful who you tell your grudges to in an Irish family, because I could be like, oh, (laughs) you know, Amy said this thing about winter and it's just she's yucking my yams on winter. And like eight years later, like my aunt will meet Amy and be like, you're a terrible person. You hate winter. Yeah. Such a depressing, horrible. Yeah.
1: Toxic friend. Yeah, you got to really be careful with grudges around the Irish. Can I give you some news you can use? I want to tell you two things I've been reading recently. And and you're a big reader, so I want to hear what you're reading. But I read the juiciest, I cannot wait for the docuseries, Vanity Fair article. I'll put the link in the show notes. It's called Scene Stealer, The True Lies of Elizabeth Finch. This is one of these sort of she catfished everybody stories that this Grey's Anatomy writer mm. basically got a job writing for Grey's Anatomy because, per her, she had survived cancer You know 100 times right i mean i'm not giving too much away because of course that's why it's such a good story the house of cards that this person built up is so incredible it's a two-part read from vanity fair i put up the links you won't be able to put it down it's so good have you
0: i'm skipping around we're just gonna have to skip around because you're making me remember something i listened to have you listened to the podcast sweet bobby no oh put it on your list i mean it is a catfishing story like no other i love a good catfish story amazing Sweet Bobby. Okay. Do you want to tell us about it? I don't really want to say that much about it because you just have to experience it. But it leads me to another what I'm listening to, which is a story, you know, Dateline. Did you listen to the thing about Pam on Dateline? And then they
1: made a Renee Zellweger. like. All I know is that like everybody was very disappointed that Renee Zellweger kind of chewed the scenery in that performance or oh, maybe that was you
0: that was you that oh, yeah. said we that. always say I think it was me when you say everybody that was definitely me <laughs> Margaret is in my ears a lot I had a whole theory that Big Gulp from 7-Eleven should get nominated as best supporting actor because like 90% of the acting revolves around Renee Zellweger's relationship to the Big Gulp relating to a Big Gulp which helps as an actor you need a like, good prop she just keeps like slurping it I think I talked about this on my last one, but there's a new series from Dateline called The Seduction, and I listened to it on my drive home, six episodes, and it is just they have an ability because catfishing happens a lot. So you can listen to a lot of stories and it's like my roommate said she had cancer and you're like, I know, I
1: know she didn't really whatever, you know, I mean, you've heard it, You, you know, you see it coming much sooner. So
0: you really have to go to the ones where you're like. The crazy thing happens, and then it happens 17 more times. And every time you're like, get out, it's clearly right crazy. Like, you reveal that this person is just the 12-year-old who lives next door, but somehow you get sucked back in again. Like, you're just screaming by the end of it.
1: We heard from a friend of ours recently who's doing some research. She's writing a suspense novel and sort of thinking about, like, what makes a, a successful suspense, plot twist, things like that. And she said... I'd have to pull receipts on this, but I believe her that true crime podcasts that revolve around solved crimes do much better in terms of downloads than ones that revolve around unsolved crimes. That we, I don't think you have to pull receipts. It makes so much sense because the
0: satisfaction. Right. We as a listener want to know the ending. Right. You want at the end to be like, and this person got their due and the victim turned out okay
1: or whatever. Well, there's an answer. There's It's figureoutable. It isn't even like justice is served. It's just there's, it's figureoutable. And I think this catfishing thing is the same thing. Like it's she doesn't really have cancer, but watching the rest of the people figure that out one thing at a time is incredibly satisfying. Did you listen to Dirty John, the podcast? No. What is wrong with you, Amy? This
0: This is is our relationship. I mean, this is how it goes. But seriously, our whole relationship is me telling Amy about great things and her ignoring them. That's our whole relationship. And if I tell my Irish aunt about them, she's going to be very mad at you for eight years. I don't know how much listening time. What kind of monster
1: doesn't listen to the podcast that I recommend? Dirty John, only ones with men's names in them, which is strange because I think of you as a feminist. Dirty John, Sweet Bobby, and
0: then the the seduction on uh, Dateline. Okay, well we're going to put, and that's a podcast or that's a show? They're all podcasts, all podcasts. And I was, we were, Amy and I were away with a group of women this weekend and people kept being like, you know what's a great podcast? And I finally said, you're not coming at me with a podcast. I know all the podcasts. I am done with podcasts. You know how people during the pandemic were like, I hit the end of Netflix? Yes. I hit the end of podcasts. Like, I just, I no longer believe that you can come at me with a podcast that I haven't heard of. I'm very deep in the podcasting
1: world. Let me try. Okay. Because this one was, I mean, talk about a case you think you know. And I had put off listening to this one because I'm like, I know, I know, but I actually have really enjoyed it. It's called... A normal family, the JonBenet Ramsey case. Oh, Amy, I stand corrected. I have not Yay. listened to it because I was like, <laughs> ah, I know about Jean JonBenet. Y- yeah, yeah. I mean, so, so many of our listeners were old deluxe. Back in my day, JonBenet Ramsey was a child murdered in her own home in, I think, 1996. And so some of you were probably like four. But, you know, I was around. I was a grown up for this time. And it's like, you think you know it. You stopped paying attention 20 years ago, but they really walk through each... It was never solved. And they walk through like, did this person do it? Does this theory make sense? And they give an episode to each angle. It's very good. It's very well done. It's a you think, you know, but you have no idea. Yeah. I'm listening to eight episodes and I'm not sure who did it. So that's going back on what I said before that we only like solved two crime podcasts. This is a great unsolved crime that just makes no sense you add it up this way it doesn't make sense that way I think the random unsolved one can be a little bit unsatisfying
0: and the solved one is a little bit more satisfying I agree I if I was scrolling through a podcast I would only listen to the ones that were solved because otherwise you just get very frustrated by the unsolved ones. yeah and that's probably why I have enough frustration in my life already I I have enough things I can't figure out I don't need to seek that experience (laughs) out all right give us something that you're listening to Right now. Have you come to the end of the podcast or are you? As you know, I'm done with podcasts. Now I have one more on my list. When I listen to Jean Bonnet, it's calf rope check mark. I'm done with all podcasts. Okay. That's just the last one. Um, Interesting. There are three million podcasts. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. I'm done. I've listened to all of them. I don't listen to podcasts. I only listen to podcasts that make me dumber. I don't listen to podcasts that make me smarter. When people are like, here's an amazing podcast about the working of the human adrenal glands. I'm like, no, thank you. I'm not interested in that. You like those kind of podcasts.
1: You like to learn and I like to relax, which I think is what makes our podcast work. Yes, I like to listen to podcasts that might teach me something and then sometimes... Let me just snuggle down to true crime. I mean, I like Watch What Crappens, which is a Real Housewives breakdown
0: podcast. That's my favorite podcast in the world. Like, it's two guys who reenact the episode of Real Housewives that was on last night in funny voices. I mean, I could listen to that 400 million times a day. I love it. I laugh. I cry. I beg for more. But I am listening to the new
1: Beyonce album, Renaissance. Oh, okay. So let's talk about that. I didn't love it. I tried because you were a huge Beyonce fan. Like, I like it. I like it. I don't love it. Like, if I was at a party and it was on, I wouldn't leave the party, but I don't need it, like, in my kitchen. This is where the podcast
0: ends, friends. We've had a good run. It's been six years, but this is the end. I mean, I can't convince you. It's like convincing you to like mayonnaise, which is insane that you don't like mayonnaise. I have a brother-in-law. I don't like tomatoes. I really just don't like them. I don't like mayonnaise, by the way. And I do like tomatoes. No, no, I'm saying you don't like mayonnaise, and that's insane. But I can't convince you to like... I mean, I could sing you the praises of mayonnaise for the next three hours, and I would. Mm-hmm. I had some Thai chili mayo this weekend, let me tell you, on some Belgian fries.
1: Amy, you're missing out. Oh, and I went to a different restaurant, so I'm like, that restaurant has pretty much only fries and mayonnaise. I'll be going elsewhere. Yeah, you went somewhere else. Mm-hmm. My brother-in-law
0: is slightly obsessed with the fact that I don't like tomatoes. Like It keeps him up at night, because for him... The greatest thing that can happen to a person in this life or any other is eating a late summer tomato. Yes. Yes. He's right. You're wrong. And we go upstate with him where the tomatoes are apparently sent directly from Jesus onto your sandwich. And it kills him that I don't eat them. But I don't like tomatoes. But he could talk to me about them for 10 hours. And believe me, he's
1: tried. Yeah, you're missing out. They're a whole other thing than like pink tomatoes for the supermarket. I have a tomato story. It was just my birthday. And someone got you tomatoes for your birthday. What did I want for my birthday dinner? My 14-year-old and my husband wanted to know. It was the end of the summer. I'm like, okay, like steaks on the grill, tomatoes from the farm stand, corn from the farm stand, because it's just a different thing entirely. It doesn't taste the same. So they presented to me like, don't come in the kitchen, sit down to like your birthday dinner. Oh no. The steak was incredible. The tomatoes were kind of red-ish, kind of like a light pink and a little mealy. And I said, thank you. Like, are these from the farm stand? And they said, Oh, no, we went to the grocery store. And we just figured and like, no, yeah, no, I was, was sad. I was sad inside farm stand. Tomatoes are not the same as supermarket tomatoes. My friend Mark would say,
0: Amy, I'm sorry this happened to you. And it's the perfect phrase. I'm sorry that happened to you. It was a very nice birthday. The next day I went to the farm stand and bought myself tomatoes and ate those instead. If you know, you know. And my brother-in-law and you should have a weekend retreat where you just eat late summer tomatoes and talk to each other about how great they are. (laughs) But similarly, Beyonce is not for everyone. It's very polyphonic. That's not why I listen to it, for the
1: polyphonicness. It's like wall of sound. Plus another wall of sound also like I just feel like it's really overproduced and lots of different sound sources that are not Beyonce's voice singing layered on top of each other. It's complicated in a way that I can like appreciate but not enjoy. Mm. I'm an enjoyer. It's a bop to me as the kids say. It's just
0: upbeat. It puts me in a good mood. It makes me feel like I can take on the world. You
1: know what does that for me? NPR. No. (laughs) Lizzo's new album special. Have you listened to it? Oh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's just a little more. I mean, I love it because it speaks to me. It's accessible. It's more accessible, I would say, than the Beyonce album. It's more accessible. And the lyrics are funny and a little sad. Like, hey, where we've been, like, we've been inside for two years. That was hard, y'all. Like, that's kind of the point of the whole album in a way that I think is really refreshing and fun. And it's just, yeah, it's not trying to be as complicated. Maybe that's why I like it better.
0: I just heard something that rocked my world and I'm going to share it with you. I was on a plane and I watched this documentary about Amy Winehouse. Again, an oldie luxe alert, sadly. Back in my day. Yeah. Amazing album, Back to Black. And it's about the making of the album. And it, if you're, I'm not even a music person and it's so fascinating how it delves into how it's made. But she was talking about it and I never thought about it that so much modern music is like, Blank that man like I'm over it like I don't need a man I'm good you know and that for her what she liked about music in the 60s was like the women were like if you leave me I'll die like I actually can't live without you I'm obsessed with you and without you I will never know happiness again and It really rocked my world. Like, oh, that is really different than what we're listening to these days. And it has a role. And I thought, that's cool. Like, it's cool that she recognized that and thought about it. And that album is truly about her relationship. And every song is like, I would kill myself if you would just simply glance my way. And it's deep in a totally different way than like, I'm fabulous and I need no one else. And there's room for both. Debbie Gibson had a song. She was a, a pop songstress teen pop songstress of the 80s. (laughs) I think we're going to have 40 oldie locks alerts if we're not careful so we're not going to play them at every time but OMG Debbie
1: Gibson. (laughs) I mean it was a deep cut from her album. It wasn't one of her top hits but it did make the Billboard Top 100 and and I remember the lyrics being I will never love again now that we're apart. And it was aimed at like 16 year olds, right? Like my boyfriend has broken up with me. I will never love again, which is relatable when you're 16. Like that's true. It's just the so.
0: And there's room for both. There's room for it. We'll be right back with even more things we're listening to, reading and watching.
1: Margaret, exciting news. I am about to have a new baby nephew. And believe it or not, this will be my 13th Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to Hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout.
0: I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread.
1: Amy, what are you watching? Oh, let's see. The rehearsal on HBO. Are we watching this, everybody?
0: I have not gotten into it, but I certainly have heard good things or cringe things. I've heard a lot of
1: different things, I guess. So the rehearsal, it is a comic named Nathan Fielder, who is my teenager's favorite favorite and me too. Um, My main way of communicating with one of my teenagers at this point is to talk about and send each other clips of Nathan Fielder. He did a show called Nathan for You that's on HBO Max also now. You should totally go back and watch that if you like this. But the rehearsal, the conceit of it is they approach people who have to have a difficult conversation with somebody they have to have they really don't want to have difficult like not like I have a terminal illness difficult like not I, mean, I have a hundred kinds of cancer yeah no right difficult like I've been letting my friend think that I have a master's degree for the last decade but I actually don't I just have my bachelor's like things like that like oh okay well you could just say that no but this is to this person is really hard and so he lets them rehearse it over and over and over again and. They hire actors. They create incredible replica sets. And it just gets really meta, really fast. And it sounds like the joke is on the person and you think it's going to be. But then in some weird way, the rehearsal kind of helps them. Usually it's a fascinating and hilarious sort of human impulses kind of show. People are amazing. Like I just watched some things and I think, how did
0: you think of that? How did you think of that? Exactly. People... I mean, I'm not, I don't identify as much as a writer these days, but back in the day, people would sort of be like, well, how do you come up with ideas when you're writing? And I would think, yeah, that's the rub right there. How do you come up with ideas when you're writing? It's really, really hard. And then it's never hard to come up with an idea. Like we should do a show about six friends in New York City and they're all funny. And, you know, it's not hard to come up with an idea that has already been but to come up with idea that like literally no one in the world could have ever thought of but you it's my favorite thing in the world to
1: see when people pull that off this guy is like just his stock and trade something he's so good at it that i would be terrible at is sitting with discomfort Mm. You know, like, he will let an awkward pause become, like, a, like, excruciating pause. You have to look away from the television. It's really hard to explain, but it's just... I just watched this, yeah, like, this person is a genius, and he's also taking, like, comedy to a very 21st century place, I think.
0: I was recently with you and your son while you were discussing this show and I have a very elaborate theory that everybody has hoses that come out of them that are their interests, right? Like I'm interested in art, I'm interested in running. Mayonnaise. I don't like winter. And that something magical happens when you meet somebody like you did at your bar and your hoses connect, you're like, you have a hose that is hating winter. I also but wait, how do the hoses connect? What's the connector? Well, there's just a connecting thing like it's like a wonder twin powers activate just like the pond, but you might sit at the bar and that person is really into like a political view that you don't share. And you're like, oh, we have no hoses. And that's making this awkward because we are not connected. P.S. We had political hoses that were not aligned connected, but that's right that like it doesn't matter as long as there's Some hose on your hose belt that connects to a hose on their belt. You can even if you don't agree on anything, you can find I had a really difficult colleague once and I was like, everybody found her so difficult. And then at some point I found out by looking at her desk that she was super into Norwegian dancing. And I don't have a Norwegian dancing hose, but I do have a interested in people's weird interests hose.
1: And she and I. Is that like clogging in wooden shoes? What's Norwegian dancing?
0: Yeah, they do festivals like and you go out and there's a million people in like Norwegian dress and you clog around and there's a certain kind of dancing and there's certain kind of food. And so people would pass by our desks and they're like, literally, I've never seen anyone speak to that woman. And you just talked to her for two and a half hours. And I'm like, just talk to her about Norwegian clogging. And like, you're in. Like, just put a Norwegian clogging hose on your belt for a little while. Or like, I like talking to people about their strange interests, whatever it is. Anyway, all of this to say, we could do a whole episode about my hose theory because I think it's
1: valuable. But I'm going to poke some holes in it, the hose, but I'm going <laughs> to... Oh, no way. But
0: but it's your butt. This was clearly a nice like hose thing for you and your son in terms of like you might not have because he's a late stage teenager for whatever reason. There's stages of your life where you don't when your kid is little, every hose connects. That's the whole point. But when they get older, you're like, okay, I guess we're talking about Marvel for two hours. But the thing that was fun about watching you and your son talk about this is that I have to fake my Marvel hose with my kid, but you guys clearly both had the same level of enthusiasm about it. And it was fun to watch you guys talk about it.
1: Yes, you're right about that. Like like the New York Jets, I have to manufacture it a little more my enthusiasm for the interest. This is my favorite thing about little kids. Like when I meet somebody who has a, say a two, three year old, what I always want to know is what's the kid's thing? Like, is it dinosaurs? Is it trucks? Is it? pots and pans. Is it the vacuum cleaner? Like, you know, whatever they, cause it's never quite the same. What makes your kid tick and watching that extreme interest, which we've talked about on this show, develop in your kid is so fascinating. Like what makes them tick? You can't predict it. It might be tomatoes, right? And you just sort of watch it and hopefully you can connect with it. Polly Pockets, maybe not.
0: Yeah, and most people can. I mean, on this same togetherness time, my child expanded for quite some time about the platypus and its many features. Right, and I was there for that. I'm like, I want to hear this. After, I mean, people were super interested and then there did come a time where I was like, I believe we've had enough platypus facts at this time and we will be moving on to something else because I do not believe this room full of people signed up for an hour and a half long, Ted. A full afternoon. No, not right. Right. I have a Ted talk about the platypus from my child, but in the moments he was
1: allowed to expound on the platypus, he was fully alive. He was on his home planet at his full strength. My oldest kid... Was really into animals and animal facts. That was his thing. First it was, you know, cars and trucks. And then as he got a little older, it was animal facts. And sometimes he would make them up. Like he would definitely expound. Like, did you know dolphins have seven stomachs or whatever? Like he would just say stuff to people. (laughs) Did you know? And it was usually made up. He was uh, catfishing people on dolphin facts. He was catfishing animal facts. Yeah. And now that kid is almost 20 And I haven't heard an animal fact out of that kid's mouth in at least a decade. Oh, that's interesting. See, I
0: just always assume that my kid is going to grow up to be a zoologist, but he's 12 and he's still hanging
1: really tight onto the animal facts. We'll see where it goes. Animal facts. Have you seen that? What we're watching? Oh my God, I'll find it and send it to you. There's a woman, I think it's TikTok, but now of course it's like TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. She does her own like short comedy videos and she does this animal facts. And then she wears weird sweaters like from the 80s. It's very Napoleon Dynamite. And then she like comes up to the camera and's like, did you know that dolphins have seven stomachs? Which is not true, by the way. And they're really, really funny.
0: I haven't watched Napoleon Dynamite. So Dr. Hill myself, like that's the one that you keep telling me I can't live
1: without and I've never seen it. This is, I know, but it's too late now. You know, like I've told you, I know listeners have told you, well, it's just like literally is no, it's my favorite movie. There is no movie that can live up to how great that movie is and how many times I've told you to watch it. Like I have to back off now because you'd be like, eh, it's all right. <laughs> you have to, if you love something, set it free. You just have to be like, it's your choice. It's your world. Yes, I would be too hard for me if you didn't like it. Give me something you're watching. So
0: here's a weird one, but we are super, super down. My husband and I have rediscovered Jeopardy, and it is the best half hour of our day. We love Jeopardy. We were down visiting my dad, and my dad, everything stops for Jeopardy. It's not really true because he tapes it, but like the day the sun does not set on a world where we have not yet watched Jeopardy. It is not bedtime if Jeopardy has not been watched, and we all watch it together. And I mean, we were doing this when we were visiting my dad and he knows like, you know, the Spiro Agnew stuff, like oldie timey politician stuff, like to the degree that he can't believe we don't know it. And then I know Beyonce and he's like, that person will never exist in my world. And then so I'm kind of arts theater, big reader. My dad is smart history, insanely well-versed in history. My husband's an engineer and knows all the like, oh, that's the photon, blah, 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 like he... Uh Uh-huh, like science, okay. And we have become convinced that if there was an all-family Jeopardy, we would be like the new Ken Jennings, we could take over. There should be a family feud like meets Jeopardy, right? Like trivia questions, not... Yeah, an all-family Jeopardy, we would kill because we cover the waterfront. We have it all covered. But coming up soon on Jeopardy, I mean, I may be the only person. I really sound like Mima talking about how great Jeopardy is, but (laughs) it is about to be Tournament of Champions time, Amy, on Jeopardy. And that's where all the people who have won five games of Jeopardy don't at me. I'm not sure that's exactly what the qualifier is. I was going to ask what qualifies a champion. Okay, several. Come together and they have the Tournament of Champions. So like the best Jeopardy players of the year play against each other. And there have been a couple of... So like Ken Jennings, that woman, Amy. No, no, no. It's only this year. Oh, okay. All right. So Amy Schneider is the famous person from Jeopardy. She won, I think, I don't know where she finished. She was either third or second most games ever won on Jeopardy. Ken Jennings is number one. But Ken Jennings is the host. Now, he doesn't get to play because he's... It's only for the year. It's like the Super Bowl. He's the host now? I'm I'm so behind on Jeopardy. He shares hosting duties with Mayim Bialik, Amy. Oh, yeah. But we are wrongly excited for tournament of champions like i can't even talk about how excited i am for it like will there be jeopardy themed food stuffs there will will there be a complete moratorium on talking between seven thirty and 8 p.m east coast there will like i don't care if you have a school project due it is tournament i used to date a guy from columbia and during the world cup finals he would print out a schedule for me of like I am not available during these 63 hours for the next two months. Like, don't schedule anything. I will be at a bar watching World Cup. And that's how I feel about Tournament of Champions. I'm so lit up for the Tournament of Champions. It's insane. It's all I
1: care about. This reminds me of my roommate when I moved to New York. It's a guy that I went to college with. We were struggling actors together in the 90s. And he told me a story. When he was growing up, he was, you know, he had the showbiz Bug early and he used to watch Mary Poppins, like a VCR of Mary Poppins, you know, religiously all the time. He'd watch it. And one day when he was little, his mother said, it's almost offhandedly, she put it in. She said, like, today, the role of Bert, Dick Van Dyke's part, the chimney sweep love interest of Mary Poppins, will be played by. Margaret Abels, right? He's with my friend's name. And he said he can still remember like sitting there as a small child, like, oh, my gosh, today I'm in the movie. It's going to be me and being only a little disappointed when it was Dick Van Dyke again on the VHS tape and not himself. Oh, I thought you meant the
0: mom like let him get up and play the whole thing out in the living room. Well, I think he did
1: kind of act it out in front of the TV. They did that anyway. But she's like, today it's going to be you in the movie. And he was like, it is. And he really you know, believed it with all his heart and soul. So I'm hearing this thinking, like, you're watching Tournament of Champions. Like, it's me. I'm a champion. This is my tournament. Well, here's my
0: theory on Jeopardy, which you've tapped into. I am amazing at Jeopardy. But when I get it wrong, I could never do it on TV because when I get the wrong answer, I get it so embarrassingly wrong. You know what I mean? I think that the person who ran the Chinese emperor in 574 was like Marilyn Monroe. Like I get it so wrong. It's humiliatingly wrong. I just get it crazily wrong. So I would never be able to do it on TV because I would humiliate myself. There are like YouTube compilation videos of people who have humiliatingly answered Jeopardy questions wrong. There's a whole school of people who just goof on people. And that would be me. And I could not stand that. And so my dream of being on Jeopardy, I like much like I like auditioning for American Idol on my couch by singing. That's as far as it goes. Like I would never actually walk out and try to sing. And I would never actually want to play on Jeopardy.
1: I actually have a friend and old, another old friend from college who was played against Ken Jennings was one of the like 10,000 people that Ken Jennings beat. He was on Jeopardy. And he explained that while Ken Jennings was indeed amazing, that the button... His buzzer technique was great. It was impossible, right? Like 200 wins in, you could not beat Ken Jennings at his buzzer technique when he knew what he was doing and you didn't. That of course he was going to keep winning. You will be glad to know that at some point I had to stop my husband from telling me
0: about Ken Jennings buzzer technique, much like I had to stop my son from talking about the platypus. I was like, honey, I love you with all my heart and soul. And you're a wonderful person. (laughs) But stop telling me about Ken Jennings buzzer technique. There's nothing else for me to learn about Ken Jennings buzzer
1: technique. All right, we're taking a break. We'll be back with even more stuff. We're reading, listening, watching.
0: mix into your water bottle on the go. My favorite flavor so far, Amy, gotta be the cherry pomegranate.
1: fresh for 50% off your hydrate electrolytes order.
0: And now things you are just now realizing you should have done before the kids went back to school from the wet fresh
1: hell podcast school shopping because all the other kids have well-organized binders and your kid is still taking notes on the notepad you stole from a holiday Inn. meal prep because you're too tired to shop. And so now you have to try and disguise your voice when you call the pizza place for the third time this week. To school shopping. Maybe the other students will think that that T-shirt with your kid's cousin's name on the back is cool in a sort of ironic way. Resetting bedtime. Because we're a month into school and I still need an air horn to get my kid out of bed at 7 a.m. Mentally preparing yourself for kindergarten drop-off. It is normal just to still be crying when they get on the bus three weeks in, right?
0: This has been things you are just now realizing you should have done before the kids went back to school
1: from the What Fresh Hell podcast. OK, here's something I'm watching that I know you agree with, but it's too important not to bring up Netflix. Keep sweet, pray and obey. It is a four part, I think, series on Warren Jeffs and the FLDS. Again, a story I resisted for a long time because
0: I was like, I know everything about this and it was still fascinating
1: fascinating. This takes the traditional Mormon principle of polygamy, which is frowned upon in the traditional Mormon church now, and this splinter sect is like, you can have 36 wives, you can have 62 wives, you can be 86 and marry a 14-year-old in this splinter sect, and how the people in it just go along with it, and okay, I guess that means all the other young men have to be sent away so that the 86-year-olds can have all the teenage girls, and the sort of cognitive dissonance and how you will let more and more into this frame of reference and make it acceptable even though some part of you knows that it isn't. It's fascinating. The book Under the Banner of Heaven explores the topic
0: and it is an amazing book, a true page turner and my husband and I have also been watching the Under of the Banner of Heaven series. On Hulu, yes. And? Not as
1: amazing, but still good. I did read that book. That's my favorite kind of book, like a nonfiction rock turner over. Yeah, I love those kind of books.
0: Amy, what we're listening to, our previous guest, someone we had on the podcast, Casey Davis. Yes. Who does Struggle Care. She has an incredible tiktok account about breaking care tasks as she calls them into really small pieces she is launching a podcast called struggle care and it's coming out next month and i am anxiously awaiting that. When she has this amazing theory about cleaning a room and like there's only five things in every room and it's laundry, dishes, trash, things that have a place and things that don't have a place. And I have been doing it with my kids and it works. She's game changery for those of us who are not. Amy loves like... um here's how to maximize like your hour, like productivity stuff. I'm the next level down. And so Casey Davis, struggle care.
1: You know, she talks about seasons of life too. Like, you know, you may be ADHD or your kid may be ADHD. Or you might just be home with newborn twins or you might just be depressed right now or you might. There's a lot of reasons you can
0: be struggling. Right. You might be dealing with an aging parent like it's like, okay, so things are out of control. Things are running away from you. Let's break it down into the smallest bite sized pieces and make it work.
1: Yes. Yes. And she's a therapist. I mean, she's a fellow traveler and she's also a really trained professional. I think she's amazing. Yeah, she knows what she's talking about. Let's switch
0: gears entirely because it is time for me to talk to you about the elf-based romance series that I have gotten so into that I can barely function.
1: You're going to have to sell me hard
0: in this. She's been telling me a lot about it, you guys. I mean, again, I'm not trying to sell anybody anything. If I don't want your summer tomatoes and you don't want my fries dipped in mayo and that's okay. can't we all just get along? We can live in peace and harmony. Yes. I'm not trying to sell you on sexy elves, but I am telling you they've changed my life. Elf erotica? Like erotica or like bodice ripper? Yes. No, I'm going to say elf bodice ripper. But everyone is an elf. It is called the court of of Thorns and Roses series. And then they're like called like the Court of Flame and Nighttime. I just really like them. They're like Game of Thrones-esque. I mean, if you describe this book to me, I would say I would never read it. But right book, right time for me. I needed something that was extremely, it was summer reading. I'm lying on a beach. It's
1: too hot for the summer.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very hot. It will, will warm you up. It's like, you know how romances have the like pepper, like spiciness level. Have you Do you know about this? So romance novels get rated on like a chili pepper scale. One chili pepper is like, okay, people fall in love, but they kiss and then we cut away. But then the five chili pepper is like, no, we go all in and we hear every detail. And I would say this is probably a solid four. Maybe a four and a half. It's pretty spicy. Now that part of it, I don't even, I have to say I skip it. I'm so puritanical that I'm like embarrassed for myself. So I skip some of those pages.
1: Can I ask, are elves um, anatomically exactly (laughs) similar to humans? Yes, as far as I can tell. Okay. Sometimes you're skipping those parts because they're too... Well,
0: I had that question during the first scene, which is between an elf and a human. And I was like, how does this all work? Apparently, that's not a problem. (laughs) Apparently, everything's fine in that area. I don't know why I got really into it. How the heck did you... What made you be like sexy elves? Yes, that's for me. I will tell you and you will laugh even harder at me because there's no bottom to how embarrassing this is for me personally. I have a Facebook group that is the Peloton Moms Book Club. Okay, it's moms who ride Pelotons and like books, but they recommend all sorts of books. I would have always said like romances are not for me, but they were recommending these books by this woman, Colleen Hoover. Got really into those, liked them a lot. And then everybody was posting about this series. And so one day I was like, I got nothing to read and I don't want to start another Jonathan Franzen everybody's lives goes to ruin kind of epic. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'll try that weird elf sex book. And let me tell you, when my husband comes in and tries to bother me, he knows to be like, are you reading your elf sex book? And I'm like, yes, I am. Leave me alone. And he walks away slowly. Are there like 36 of them? There's four of them, but they're like 800 pages a piece. And it's so weird, Amy. There's like epic battle scenes. I don't care. Yeah, I would be like, there's. Flip, flip. I flip a lot. Like once they start battling, I'm like, I'm just going to skip. And I kind of know who wins. I skip a lot of the, much like Game of Thrones. I like it for the silly drama. But when they, they're going to spend 20 minutes torturing a guy, I'm like, fast forward, fast forward. I don't actually want to watch this. And similarly, when there's going to be an extended sex scene, I'm like, I can skip this too. I just like the machinations and the drama. Court of Thorn and Roses, the series. Don't come at me. If you don't like it, I don't care. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's for everyone. I'm saying the last month of my life has been a warm bath of elf romance. Judge me if you must.
1: I am not judging anything that would make you or me or anybody rush to do that. When you have five minutes, are you pulling out your Kindle to read more of this book instead of mindlessly scrolling or like changing channels you're choosing that over other activities yeah I'm not scrolling I have a book that's a little bit it's like literally the opposite of elf sex (laughs) it's gonna be hard to top elf romance but yes go ahead I loved it it's beautifully written it's called all the rage mothers fathers and the myth of equal partnership it's a nonfiction book by (laughs) Darcy Lockman that's on brand for you Came out in 2019. We would definitely, like if this book came out now, we would definitely have this woman on the show. It reminds me of Kate Mangino's book. Kate Mangino wrote a book called Equal Partners. We had her on a month or two ago. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. And she actually mentioned this book. And I'm writing a book of my own right now and doing some research. So I found my way to this Darcy Lockman book. And she's moved on other topics now, actually, Darcy Lockman, But this book is really good. It really sort of breaks down the idea that if there's work to be done in the home, that we all, women and men, participate in the myth that we're better at that we really know how to do it you know that's been going on for a long time and she kind of unpacks it in a way that's really really useful and more than just like well now i'm mad but i don't know what to do about this i find it if that topic has interested you as we've talked about it recently and it should because we're all soaking in it it's a really good look at it amy
0: one thing i want to say for this episode is that we certainly have offered a range of choices? <laughs> yes, I mean it's highbrow. Let's analyze how marriages really function, and it's Elf Romance, and it's Beyonce, and it's Lizzo, and it's F.L.D.S. and Jean Binet. <laughs> yes, I'm glad you brought in at least one thing that had. At least slight intellectual or educational <laughs> potential because otherwise we were fairly lowbrow, but that's what we're doing. That's what we're listening to. That's what we're watching. You can't be all things to all
1: people, but this episode has been all things for all sorts of people Jeopardy, tomatoes. Yes. It has been a little bit of a little something for everybody.
0: Oh, Tournament of Champions, friends, come along with me. I should live blog it. <laughs> if you're looking for something to read, might I put in your path the What Fresh Hell? newsletter yes that's something
1: that everyone's reading and getting so much out of it's coming out once a month we are putting like links to some of our favorite episodes from the previous month but also we're throwing in what we're reading watching listening to so you can find that stuff some little extras and it's very easy for you to sign up you go to com, and there's a pop-up or it's right in the sidebar you can't miss it sign up for the newsletter we won't spam you we'll just send you stuff once a month something to read something to listen to something to look at It will spice up your inbox. Yeah. And news about the
0: show. And it's
1: going to be only one pepper. There will be not a lot of spiciness. You can read this. Right. If your kid's looking over your shoulder, you can definitely read this newsletter. It's safe. Totally safe. It's SFM. Suitable for momming.
0: Suitable for momming. I love it. And with that, friends, we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening. So long.
1: Margaret, it's an exciting news day. An exciting news day indeed. Amy. A few years ago, we launched our first spin-off podcast, Toddler Purgatory, hosted by the hilarious Blair Brooks and Molly Lloyd. And
0: guess what? Now Blair and Molly are back.